You are listening to an Elftree Publishing Podcast. Our elves have been hard at work in search for meaningful and compelling content, so we hope you enjoy this show. And now, for our feature presentation. Enjoy. Featuring free-spirited conversation to help build a better future for generations to come. This is Elftree Publishing. And talking about the parents, some of the parents of these children involved in this satanic cult who have tattoos, specific tattoos, devil tattoos, and as Gabriel says, monster tattoos in addition to devil tattoos on or around their private parts. Anyone else have tattoos? Yes, there are 20 special children all have tattoos. And also, and also all the teachers have tattoos. Tattoos they have in the class. They are have these devil the ta- tattoos. Pardon, what type of tattoos? Devil and monster tattoos. On the private? Yeah. They all have them? Yeah. All of the teachers in, in Christchurch Primary School have devil tattoos on their yeah. private parts? Yeah. No, also monster ones. Run. Run. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us, is to leave with us. From leaving behind the world of bioterrorism to off the grid and independent living, you're listening to Exit the Cult. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm your host, Joe Morales, and you're listening to Exit the Cult, a podcast dedicated to exposing the lies of the mainstream media to help others wake up to the truth. Let's exit the cult together. It's March 11th, 2022. Welcome to the show. So it's going to be a little bit of a different episode today. I have had quite a busy week, and so putting these shows together is not as easy as it sounds. I'm not sure if you listen to the show and you're like, oh, he threw this together in an hour. Well, I have to do a lot of research and dig into a lot of audio clips and I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of articles. And so this week I needed to condense it down because I just have been so busy working on other projects, I'm overwhelmed. And so the reality is I can't leave you hanging and not give you a show, but I definitely can't go as in depth and be as creative as I want it to be this week. So like I said in other episodes, the show is constantly evolving. And as I kind of am able to carve out the time to do this show a little bit more, given, uh, you know, if I can get some financial backing, some supporters on our Patreon page, things like that, I can then dedicate more time towards the show. But until then, I'm just going to have to piece it together as I go. So I hope you still enjoy what's going on. This week, I've got quite a few big things to kind of bring to the table here. Obviously, the Ukraine and Russia situation has spiraled out of control, and it looks like we are jumping into a major war as the U.S. is announcing sanctions against Russia, which is only going to escalate Russia retaliating. And um, 
it just seems that the world is so deeply propagandized and doesn't really understand that the Ukraine government was basically replaced by under the Obama administration back in 2014. There are ties to uh, Hunter Biden investment firms that were uh, funding biolabs over in the Ukraine. And so there's just a lot of information happening and a lot of things coming to light as far as what the conflict actually is over there. And so it seems that Russia has been bombing and destroying a lot of these biolab areas. So it seems that there is just a blatant uh, uh, misinterpretation of what Russia is doing in terms of uh, the, the conflict in Ukraine and people are beating the war drums over here going, oh my God, you got to take out these Nazi bastards, even though they are the brown shirts who are screaming at the people who are actually just wanting to be left alone. Obviously, Russia is bordering Ukraine and Ukraine has been backed by NATO and the United States. They've been given billions of dollars in weaponry. And Russia is uh, essentially seeing what's going on. And unfortunately, they are taking the bait from the globalists and they are essentially making moves to put the world into a major war conflict. And now the United States is blaming everything. I mean, it seems like that's this is what's been going on is forever. They've just been blaming Russia like, oh, gas prices are going up because of Russia. It's because of Russia. Well, no, no, no. It's because you shut down the Keystone pipeline and the United States should basically be creating its own energy. Shouldn't be relying on other countries uh, for uh, oil or anything like that. But unfortunately, we live in a globalist world where the globalists are systematically destroying the system across the globe. Uh, Western countries are going to suffer majorly. There's going to be massive inflation and we're going to see prices on food and gas just continue to skyrocket. So it's about to become a very, really ridiculous situation that was engineered on purpose. So anyway, I'm going to get into some articles, a few things here, and then I'm going to definitely get into some stuff from Greg Reese. He is one of my favorite journalists out there right now who's been putting together these amazing documentaries, just kind of exposing and, and you know putting things in layman terms for people like myself who need things in layman terms because there's so many details involved in a lot of the issues that are happening in the world. It is brilliant that there are people out there that are able to just piece together uh, material that we can all consume. And it's nice. It's good shit. So if you thought I was going to forget about our cult for the week, you're wrong. Let's get into it. The Vampire Clan. Roderick Justin Rod Farrell is an American murderer and cult leader. He was a member of a loose-knit gang of teenagers from Murray, Kentucky, known as the Vampire Clan. Farrell claimed to be a 500-year-old vampire named Visago, a character he created for himself after becoming obsessed with the role-playing game Vampire the Masquerade. So then from BeargrassThunder.com, Rod Farrell, leader of the deadly Kentucky Vampire Clan. Rod Farrell was a 16-year-old boy from Murray, Kentucky, whose delusions led him to lead a ritualistic cult and brutally murder a 14-year-old member's parents in their home. He was the youngest person to be on death row until his sentence was reduced to life in prison with no parole. Roderick did not have an easy life growing up. He was born to his then 16-year-old mom, Sandra Gibson, on March 28, 1980 in Murray. His father abandoned him to serve in the military and was never a part of his life again. His maternal grandfather allegedly sexually abused him when he was around five years old, according to federal court records. However, no criminal charges were ever pursued. 
Sandra and Rod did not have a stable home life, bouncing back and forth between living with Sandra's parents in public housing. Sandra worked as an exotic dancer and sex worker to make ends meet. Sandra introduced Rod to vampires and the macabre from a very young age. They bonded over Dracula films and Vampire, the Masquerade, comic books. Sandra was far from the ideal mother and had a questionable and complex relationship with her son, as Rod himself described. At the age of 34, she was even caught writing disturbing love letters to a 14-year-old boy. Quote, I long to be near you for your embrace. Yes, to become a vampire, a part of the family, a mortal, and truly yours forever. I only hope that one day you will once again return to Murray. You will then come for me and cross me over, and I will be your bride for eternity and you my sire." End quote. That was from Sandra Gibson. The rest of the Vampire Clans members came from equally depressing and disturbing situations. The most notable member being Scott Anderson, Rod's right-hand man, Chastity Kesey, his then 16-year-old girlfriend, Dana Cooper, a friend along for the ride, and Heather Windorf, Rod's damsel in distress and victim. All of them took comfort in being able to belong to a group of outsiders and like-minded people while growing up in a place that is generally unaccepting of anything non-traditional. The gang's meetup spot was called the Vampire Hotel, which was a dilapidated structure in the middle of the woods near Kentucky Lake in the land between the lakes. It was here the clan threw parties, used psychedelic drugs, and took part in various types of rituals. Hearing stories from Heather about suffering abuse at the hands of her father struck a chord with Rod. After Heather had to move away, Rod became obsessed with the situation and ended up racking up hundreds of dollars in long-distance phone bills for the Windorf family. The final straw for Roderick was when Heather's parents finally cut her off from the phone. It was then he rallied his group to go on the fateful rescue mission to save Heather from her parents and run away to New Orleans to start their very own vampire family and live happily ever after. Unfortunately, things did not go according to plan. On November 25, 1996, Rod and the gang made the 750-mile drive from Murray, Kentucky to Eustis, Florida. After she had been picked up and their vehicle had broken down, Heather made a deal with Rod in which she would use her keys to unlock her home so that her family's vehicle could be stolen and the clan could complete their trip to New Orleans. In exchange, Rod agreed to perform the turning ritual in which she would consume his blood and officially be a vampire forever. The ritual took place early that morning in a Eustis cemetery. Rod consumed a significant amount of LSD before Heather admitted to drinking Roderick's blood from a self-inflicted razor blade wound. The group departed to retrieve the car from Heather's house shortly after. Upon arriving at the Windorf residence, Roderick and Scott entered the house through the garage to find Mr. Windorf peacefully resting on the living room couch. After many moments of silence and deliberation, Mr. Windorf awoke to his skull being violently smashed in by Roderick and the crowbar Rod had brought in with him. Mr. Windorf suffered from more than 22 blows to the face. Hearing the commotion, Miss Windorf entered the living room from the kitchen, horrified at the sight of her husband being beaten to death by intruders. In an attempt to interrupt the despicable act, she splashed scalding hot coffee into the face of Roderick, who retaliated with a crowbar blow to the face. The blow was so hard it severed her brainstem, killing her instantly. Jesus. Afterwards, Roderick and Scott proceeded to ritualistically burn their victims and dance around their bodies as they lay dying on the living room floor. Before leaving, they stole valuables such as jewelry and credit cards before leaving in the family's Ford Explorer. The bodies would be discovered by Heather's 17-year-old sister, Jennifer, when she returned home from work that night. 
Heather was unaware her parents had been murdered until later, assuming everything had gone to plan. Murder warrants were put out for the group of teens on November 27th, and after four days of evading law enforcement, were finally captured by the police on November 28th after they tracked a phone call made by Chastity when she had called her grandparents asking for money. Scott Anderson received two life sentences in prison. The amount of his involvement in the murders has come under question, though he claims he never touched Mr. or Miss Windorf. He claimed he had attempted and failed to calming a raging Roderick, who proceeded to go crazy and bash their skulls in with a crowbar. At first, Roderick completely denied the accusations, claiming that he was being framed by rival vampire gang. Eventually, with an overwhelming amount of evidence piled against him, he pled guilty. He received two charges of first-degree murder, robbery, and burglary, and was sentenced to death. This made him the youngest American to ever be on death row. Charity Kesey and Dana Cooper made plea deals in exchange for reduced sentences. Charity was sentenced for 10 years, released in 2008, and Dana for 17, released in 2015. Scott's sentence was recently changed in 2018 to 40 years, crediting the 22 years he has already spent in prison. By the time Scott Anderson is released in 2032, he will be 51 years old. In 2000, Roderick Farrell's death sentence was changed to life in prison after the Florida Supreme Court ruled defendants must be 17 years or older at the time charges are filed in order to be able to be executed. To this day, Roderick remains at the Tomoka Correctional Institute serving out his life sentence. Well, there's that. You are listening to Exit the Cold. Only on Elf Tree Publishing. Enjoy. 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 Hey, enjoy. Hey, you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you. Enjoy. Yes, you. Enjoy. So the first article I wanted to get into was one from the Gateway Pundit. Breaking exclusive, Hunter Biden firm Rosemont Seneca invested in firm tied to Ukrainian biolabs. Hunter Biden's firm Rosemont Seneca provided capital for the firms behind the creation of biolabs in Ukraine. We heard on Tuesday from the U.S. State Department that there were U.S. biolabs in Ukraine. Then on Wednesday, the Biden regime backtracked and insisted there were no U.S. funded biolabs in Ukraine. Why the sudden confusing messaging from the Biden gang, especially when there are documents that prove the U.S. was funding several of the biolabs they set up in Ukraine to study potentially dangerous pathogens? Well, it may be because Hunter Biden's firm, Rosemont Seneca, was funding the firms involved in the building of these labs in Ukraine, and they felt it was not something they wanted the American people to know. InfoWars put together an excellent article with connections between Hunter Biden and the firm Metabiota, which was involved in the creation of the biolabs in Ukraine. The Gateway Pundit identified through the Wayback Machine that Rosemont Seneca provided capital invested in Metabiota, as noted on the firm's website back in 2014. I have no idea if I'm saying that name Metabiota correctly or not, or Biota, whatever. Doesn't matter. It is listed as our team's investments on the Rosemont Seneca website. So the so Hunter Biden's company, Rosemont Seneca, on their site in the Wayback Machine, which is when people delete websites, there is still an archive called the Wayback Machine where you can see what the website was. We also located a number of documents from the Wayback Machine, meaning they have since been deleted off the internet that show the Department of Defense investing in the creation of biolabs in Ukraine with the help of the firm 
Black and Veatch, also known as B&V. Metabiota publicized its relationship with Black and Veatch in 2018, stating, Today, Metabiota, the pioneer in epidemic risk modeling, announced it has been awarded a subcontract from Black and Veatch to support the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency's DTRA, Cooperative Biological Engagement Program, CBEP, in Iraq under the Biological Threat Reduction Integrating Contract, BTRIC. Metabiota has also partnered with BNV on DTRA's recently awarded Cooperative Threat Reduction Integrating Contract, CTRIC 3, with an indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, IDIQ contract, ceiling of $970 million. That's a lot of money. The U.S. Department admitted to having biolabs in Ukraine on Tuesday in front of the U.S. Senate. Then yesterday, the Biden White House claimed these biolabs in Ukraine were not biological weapons labs. So it is going to be interesting to see what continues to unfold. Here's the thing. We are in a world where there's incredible corruption going on. And to sit here and pretend that, okay, well, because the Biden regime is telling us that they weren't doing anything biological in those web, in those labs, we just have to believe them. I'm done believing these people. I'm done believing the Pfizer's of the world. I'm done believing the Fauci's of the world. I'm done believing the Klaus Schwab's, the Bill Gates's. I'm just done believing them. I think they're all full of shit. They're all working this great reset program that is now unfolding and it's become so visible and obvious to all those paying attention. We're now just being gaslit left and right. And so as, as, as all this information continues to just unfold, it's gonna be quite interesting to see how tyrannical these people really become as the world continues to awaken. After the Russians secured Pentagon-run biolabs in Ukraine, the U.S. Embassy was caught deleting proof of this from their website. And when the Russians shared documents showing the Ukrainian Minister of Health ordering employees of these biolabs to destroy all deadly pathogens, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio asked the U.S. State Department if there was any truth to this. Undersecretary Victoria Newland not only confirmed the presence of the labs, but confirmed that they contain weaponized biological agents that they now fear the Russians will indiscriminately use to start a world war. The Pentagon calls them bio-research labs and containment labs and claim their clandestine operation is all somehow in self-defense. But they are admittedly creating and storing weaponized biological material. And so these biolabs are in violation of Article 1 of the Prohibition on Biological Weapons. During the past couple years, citizens of the world have been getting an advanced education on bioweapons. And the very same crooks we see foisting the Great Reset medical tyranny are involved in the Ukrainian bioweapons labs. This is all being paid for with tax dollars through the Pentagon's Defense Threat Reduction Agency, the DTRA. U.S. company Black & Veatch has been working closely with the DTRA building bioweapons labs since 2003. Black & Veatch share an office in Kiev with Metabiota, who signed an $18.4 million contract with Black & Veatch in 2014. 
Metabiota got their start in 2015 with funding from Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, who gave Metabiota $30 million to help protect the world from the spread of epidemics. This is the very same Rosemont Seneca that was mysteriously wired $3.5 million from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. And the very same Metabiota partnered with Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, the group that Dr. Fauci used to funnel money to the Wuhan lab for gain-of-function research in 2014. In 2014, Metabiota, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology were together researching infectious diseases deriving from Chinese bats. Metabiota is working with known CIA front InQtel. It is funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, the NIH, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Google, and the National Geographic Society. Metabiota's founder, Nathan Wolf, sits on the board of EcoHealth Alliance and is a member of DARPA's Defense Science Research Council. In 2012, he wrote a book titled The Viral Storm, The Dawn of a New Pandemic Age, wherein he thanked his friends, pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and biotech venture capitalist Boris Nikolic. Boris Nikolic was named Jeffrey Epstein's successor executor upon his death. Wolf has also been seen hanging out with Ghislaine Maxwell on multiple occasions. He is also one of Klaus Schwab's young global leaders, trained on how to enact the Great Reset Agenda being directed by the World Economic Forum. Russia claims the Pentagon has over 30 biolabs in the Ukraine alone. China claims they are operating 336 biolabs in 30 different countries. And now, members of our corrupt U.S. government are saying this is all a Russian conspiracy and that we should soon expect a false flag attack from Russia. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. We've watched movies about these dystopian societies essentially uh, enslaving humanity where AI robots are running the streets and, and everything is on a grid and everyone's being surveyed. I get we live in that world now and obviously it can get much worse when you watch those movies, but I'm telling you right now, as people become aware of the truth of what is actually happening around them, because right now the only reason these people are getting away with this is because of deception. They're killing us with the viral release and with the injection that then erases your immune system and gives you VADs. Meet the 40 new billionaires who got rich fighting COVID-19 and on average, big tech companies doubled their profits the last two years because they're essential, but you're not. All three vaccines are 100% effective against death and hospitalization, Fauci says. It was a 100% lie. Biden says that vaccinated people can't spread COVID-19. That's not what the CDC says. Oh, they later changed it. First, they gaslight you to get you to take it. Later, they admit they lied to you. COVID data will not be published over concerns. It's misrepresented by anti-vaxxers. Oh, really? You drive down the road and you see the 
telephone company workers and the tech company workers all wearing masks and the ditch diggers wearing masks and the little kids wearing masks, but the school teachers aren't wearing masks. It's a symbol of our submission in this damn evil cult and it needs to stop. The shutdown of Western energy, bring down the world currency and blame COVID and the war for it, but offer everyone a universal basic income to survive on the new digital currency as the other currencies fail and apply carbon taxes and the social credit score. Shutting down over 2,000 mini pipelines and spurs, hundreds of large pipelines, including the mega massive Keystone pipeline, right as it was completed. You then say no drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. You then put in regulations over who is drilling in the US. All these other countries like Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and Russia increase their output to the United States at much higher prices and then the globalist middlemen get that money and you pay already double what you were 13, 14 months ago. And it's set to double again at current rates in the next six months. Yeah, you're gonna be paying six bucks a gallon. They already are in areas of California. Over $4 nationally. They are sitting on technologies that can change the world forever. Super secret, unacknowledged budget. We cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. These are all classified programs within the defense budget. And these are the unacknowledged special access projects. Nikola Tesla developed energy generation technologies, drawing endless free energy from the so-called empty space around us. The amount of energy in a cubic meter of space-time was 10 to the 26th power, it's a 10 with 26 zeros behind it, joules per cubic meter. And that's enough energy, even in a coffee cup, to boil all the oceans of the Earth completely away into steam. Coal, natural gas, uranium, nuclear power, public utilities, they're all obsolete. The macroeconomic order, fossil fuels, petrodollar, a handful of industrial elites, and corporations be completely transformed. Here is Harrison Smith with the American Journal speaking about opioids, SSRI, censorship, eating bugs, and life in general under the Great Reset. Uh, YouTube has removed the documentary Ukraine on Fire for telling the truth about the involvement of uh, the American regime in the overthrow of duly elected presidents in Ukraine and installation of their own uh, puppet People. You can find that on Rumble now, the articles at Infowars.com. But of course, you know, you can't have a well-produced documentary by a Academy Award-winning uh, director, you know, Oliver Stone, one of the most respected documentary makers in the world at this point. And uh, this documentary, nothing about it's untrue, you see, but, you know, it goes against the narrative of American can do no wrong and Russia is imminently evil, so, you know, it has to be taken down. You've got this story. Air travel is about to change. More pre more TSA pre-check um, passengers will be allowed, but you also have higher airfares and business tra travelers with elite airline statuses uh, will be uh, given even more luxury. So, to me, this is sort of a good example of what exactly is going on in America, right? Everything's getting more expensive. It's coming harder and harder for regular people to take advantage of even the most basic civilizational luxuries, whereas the rich are seeing theirs uh, become even more luxurious and uh, beneficial to them. The EU wants to sanction spreaders of misinformation 
preparing to run out of ideas about what fresh salvo of sanctions to fire Russia's way. The EU has come up with the ultimate addition to the ongoing often absurd but undeniably harmful war on disinformation as they discuss freezing the assets and issuing travel bans of purveyors of disinformation, meaning, of course, anything that disagrees with the dictates of the government. World Economic Forum severs Russian ties over Ukraine invasion. The WEF in Davos, Switzerland, has temporarily severed Russian ties in the wake of Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Of course, Project Veritas just exposed a sick truth about the New York Times as they come out with yet another video showing that the New York Times knowingly reports false information because it's what they're told to do and it benefits the American regime because we do not have a free press. We have a completely government-controlled press. IRS revealed to have audited low-income earners five times more than anyone else. Of course, if you make less than $25,000 a year, you are five times more likely to be investigated by the IRS than somebody that makes over $200,000 a year because the IRS just loves you so much and the government is just, just cares so much about the unfortunate here in America. And then Biden takes a big step towards government-backed digital currency. As again, we heard about on the Alex Jones Show yesterday with the head of the BIS, who looks like a, a Spider-Man villain, uh, announcing that it would be very convenient not to have cash exist anymore because then we could track absolutely everything everybody did and, you know, cut them off if we want to. It's literally the mark of the beast. Like any one of these stories, you could do an entire show on. So I just want to give you the overview and encourage you to go do your own research. Go do your own looking into this story. I mean, this is one day. This is a slow news day for us, right? Just stacks and stacks and stacks of paper. I got into work today going, I don't know what I'm going to talk about because there wasn't there wasn't really a big news story that was bigger than all the others. But of course, I have like over 100 stories to talk about just today. And all of these, you could, you could do a 45, an hour long dive into each and every one of them, explaining how it plays off everything else, why it's being enacted and, uh, you know, who is behind it. It's up to you. You have to go out and research all this stuff. We li There's literally not enough time in the day for us to thoroughly talk about all of this. Really, you're just getting little pinpoints, and we try to connect them and draw the larger picture where all this is going, what's the driving force behind it at the base, at the foundation, and then hopefully you can extrapolate from there exactly why it's worth it to stand up against this stuff. Ukraine has never been a united country. When World War II broke out, a large part of Western Ukraine's population welcomed the German soldiers as liberators from the recently forced upon them Soviet rule and openly collaborated with the Germans. Just in the beginning of the war, more than 80,000 people from Galicina region voluntarily enrolled into Division SS Galician in a month and a half. They advocated for independence of Ukraine from the USSR and became an incubator for leaders of Ukrainian neo-Nazism. Oleg Tyagnibok founded Svoboda, an openly radical nationalist party purge Ukraine from the Jews and Russians. Ukraine for Ukrainians and the torch marches would once again light up the streets of Ukrainian cities. And that's going to lead me to the next bit of what I wanted to show in this episode. What is the Hempstead cover-up? Well, what happened was these two little kids, they were like eight, like eight and nine years old. They came forward and they started describing this sexual abuse that was going on uh, by their father at their private school. They were at a Catholic, I think it was a Christian Catholic school, something like that. And they came forward to describe the horrors that they were experiencing. Well, since then, uh, the mother of these children who 
basically started speaking out saying, you know, their father wasn't supposed to be seeing them, was seeing them every day and abusing them along with uh, teachers, headmasters, other parents. This was a massive sex ring that was going on at the school. And it was a satanic sex ring because these kids started describing how they were killing babies, drinking their blood. And this was shit that you can't even imagine. You know, it's so horrifying to be honest, you guys. But the reason I want to share this is because what happened after this kind of, uh, there was like a 2015 video that came out with these kids. What happened after that is a systematic shutdown of the investigation of what this was. These kids described tattoos that all of these people had in this ring, and they're all a part of a cult. This was a satanic cult. And so we're living in a world where these people are being shut down that are trying to expose this truth. These kids were then resurfaced on an eBay commercial during the Super Bowl uh, about four years ago, something like that. We're living in a we're living in a, uh, a complete theater, and so I'm not really sure as a human being right now. Like as a I'm just a guy uh, who's researched so much shit, and it's become so obvious that we are living in a world where it's just a bunch of psychopath child rapists running the world. I can't help but just sit there and go, okay, so. When we sit here and we talk about the COVID uh, narrative that was pushed upon us, and, and we learn about the Great Reset, we learn about the depopulation agenda, these are the same people. All of this system has been set up to control the narrative. That's why the media is so corrupt. They're bought out by these billionaires who are doing everything in their power to keep people from investigating them. So we're going to get into the Hempstead uh, situation. This is an update brought to you by Sean at SGT Report. It's a podcast that I listen to. I think it's great. He gets a little passionate at times that I'm just kind of like, okay, he's, you know, whatever. But it's a great show. He covers insanely uh, informative topics and he just uh, overall does a great job with what he's reporting. And I thought it was very necessary to share this because this is a foundational investigation that everything we're experiencing from the war in Ukraine to the COVID narrative, to the Great Reset, to just corruption in Hollywood, all of this is tied together. You just have to take this 30,000 foot view and realize if we lived in a just world where the actual good guys were running shit, this wouldn't be going on anymore. Why isn't the FBI or the CIA stopping this horrific shit? Why are we seeing communism rolling out? Why are we watching this censorship happen all around us? And we're just like, oh, well, if you have nothing to hide, you should have nothing to worry about. You have the right to privacy. And to think we live in a world where you don't, I'm sorry, that's a lie. Now, obviously, if you're doing illegal shit, clearly we all live in a world where there is no justice happening on some of the most horrific crimes against humanity you can't even imagine. So just a little forewarning, this is a very heavy, intense um, program that you're about to listen to, but it's extremely informative and I think it will give you a deep insight as to what we are dealing with as a population globally. And that's the only reason I feel it's important to share this. So don't listen to this podcast with kids in the room. Here's Sean with SGT. Hey friends, thank you so very much for tuning in to the SGT Report podcast. Yes, and she got pierce rings. Pierce uh, rings. All over her private. And, and she also got um, pierce rings 
on her um, on her privates on her lips. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And what abuse does she commit upon you? She sticks a willy on my bottom. She touches my private. She kicks my private. Hey, friends. Sean from SGT Report here. That was Gabriel, the son of Ella Draper, the mother of the Hampstead Two, Elisa and Gabriel. On March 3rd, I reposted this excellent Greg Reese report titled Hollywood Star Exposes Adrenochrome in Child Sex Trafficking. Well, that star is Hollywood actor Jim Caviezel. And unlike most in Hollywood and around the world, Jim Caviezel has stuck his neck out to speak the truth about child sex trafficking and pedophilia. I want you to listen to this brief clip from that Greg Reese report, which inspired me to repost my interview with Ella Draper, which is, in my view, one of the most important interviews I've ever done. And I certainly took a great deal of time to edit the piece in a documentary style, because I don't want anyone to ever forget about Gabriel and Elisa. Here's Greg Reese. Actor Jim Caviezel is being ridiculed and defamed in the mainstream news for speaking out against child trafficking. While promoting his new film, Sound of Freedom, based on the true story of former U.S. government agent Tim Ballard, who quit his job to devote his life to rescuing children from global sex traffickers, Jim Caviezel described what adrenochrome is. Essentially, you have adrenaline in your body. I'll just simplify it. And, and when you are scared, you produce adrenaline. Uh, if you're an athlete, you get in the fourth quarter, you have adrenaline that comes out of you. If a child knows he's going to die, uh, his body will uh, secrete this uh, adrenaline. Um, and they have a lot of terms that they use. The Mockingbird media responded by firing a chorus of headlines into the brainwashed minds of the public, all to the tune of adrenochrome and the consumption of children is a dangerous right-wing lie. But it isn't. Millions of people waking up from the generational sleepy lie of pop culture are seeing the ugly truth, seeing the millions of babies aborted each year, sold for fetal body parts, seeing old women rub aborted fetal tissue into their skin to appear younger, and seeing official science comparing young blood to the fountain of youth. It doesn't matter how many times the lying fake news media decries QAnon, conspiracy theorists, or right-wingers. Millions are now seeing what they have been busy hiding. The trafficking of children, slavery. Caviezel warned that the film may never be seen because there are very famous people in Hollywood involved in child trafficking. And once they see the ships that they transport the children in and all of this stuff, um, well, there's, there's no other film like this. Our industry can't make this film um, right now because of a lot of people that are involved in it all over the world that are in this. Um, and many of these people are very famous. Jim Caviezel is absolutely correct. Very famous and or very powerful people. Powerful and connected enough to get away with their crimes against children decade after decade, and in most cases, for their entire godforsaken lives. Men like Cyril Smith, the 400-pound liberal MP, 
Jimmy Savile, who abused kids and engaged in necrophilia for more than 30 years. He was also the godfather to Prince Charles' own sons. Sir Edward Heath, who was accused in the murders of at least 16 children. Leon Britton, Home Secretary under Margaret Thatcher. Peter Heyman, Deputy Director of the MI6. And the 2017 accusations of child sex abuse against 10 current and former British MPs. The plague of pedogate, or child sex abuse around the world, cannot be overstated. Now, in the case of Ella Draper, she was dragged through the mud just as Jim Caviezel has been. In fact, more so. She was drummed out of the country, and her two children who made these startling allegations, allegations that, in my view, small children couldn't possibly make up, were given back to their alleged abuser, Father Ricky Dearman, who years later resurfaced in this eBay commercial being celebrated as a small business owner success story, accompanied by what appears to be the several years older now, Elisa and Gabriel. And by the way, in that eBay commercial, Ricky Dearman went by a different name. The crimes against humanity currently being committed by the powers that ought not be, by the satanic cabal, crimes against humanity, including experimental mRNA gene therapy technology masquerading as a vaccine, the 5G rollout, and UN Agenda 2030 policies are just the icing on top of the cake because the human beings who were first abused and abused the longest have been the children and precious few have stuck up for those poor souls. Thanks for tuning in, friends. The whole system is set up to, to cover these atrocities from, from the beginning. The shocking internet video revelations of child sodomy and murder committed by seemingly respectable members of the community within schools, churches, and private homes in the affluent Hampstead area of London created an internet storm after going viral on YouTube in February 2015. Millions of people on both sides of the Atlantic viewed the graphically compelling testimonies of the brother and sister, Gabriel and Elisa. These two innocent child victims were abducted by agents of the state on 9-11-2014 to prevent them from revealing more details of the secretive workings of state-sponsored mind control programs. Elisa and Gabriel have been held incommunicado from their mother and Russian family since January 2015. What is Kafkas? Kafkas is the day they work with the, the, the children. They work, they work with the social services. And what did they do to you? They do sex. They, they do sex. sex. They touch me and Gabriel. They have plastic quillings. And they stick it in our bottom. Who does? Who sticks it in your bottom? Our social uh, services. Everybody Ella, does. All of them. Who? 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 Everybody. Does your mother do it? No. Do I do it? No. The children's extensive family is becoming increasingly concerned for their welfare as all attempts to arrange contact with the children are met with delays, lies and obfuscation. Alisa and Gabriel's testimonies have revealed a secret network of organizations and an array of counterintelligence operatives connected to child trafficking, snuff movies, organ trafficking, ritual sexual abuse, torture and money laundering operating in schools, nurseries, churches, hospitals, universities and military bases throughout the UK and the rest of the world. The case was never intended to reach the Crown Prosecution Service, much less the glaring light of public scrutiny.
This story is horrifying. It is stomach churning. But it is also crucial that we know how we got to this place in our culture of sexual nihilism. After years of struggling to come to terms with and find the reason for her children's aggressive and dysfunctional behavior, all became clear when during a family holiday in Morocco in 2014, the then eight and nine-year-old brother and sister bravely revealed to their mother and her partner, Abraham Christie, that their biological father, Ricky Damon, and numerous other cult members has been sodomizing them and other children and forcing them to partake in the ritual sacrifice of countless infants, torturing the victims and consuming their flesh and blood in bizarre satanic rituals. When we were telling him all about this yeah. on the holidays in Morocco, yeah. we, because we, we were scared to tell, of course, so we lied a bit, we lied a lot though. We lied a lot, but then we were so scared and terrified when they when he found out about it. Because the first time he's like, right, Elise and Gabriel, somebody's touching you, and I know it's what who it is. He said and that to I you. Said, and then we just gave up, and we just said, my dad. What do you mean you gave so up? We, well, so we like we gave up the like, we gave up the deal with our dad, but to not to tell anyone about this or okay. mom anyone. Okay. Then we just gave up the deal. We just told him that's our dad, and then we carry on telling. Okay. But at that time, we were terrified to tell all about this baby steal, a baby killing, and all this. This secret interactive alliance that developed between esoteric occult practices, Satanism, and various intelligence agencies, and the connection to the Hampstead cover-up, has been exposed. As a former police officer of 20 years, I had the opportunity of actually sitting with a mother in this case for three hours. I can absolutely tell you with my experience of interrogation over a 20-year period, as a former detective sergeant, she was speaking 110% truth. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome to this program truth teller and victim of a weaponized mainstream media, the mother of the Hampstead cover-up children, Elisa and Gabriel, Ella Draper. Ella, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Sean, for inviting me here and um, giving me the opportunity to speak up for my children. I have been following your story for many years now, ever since the videos of your children were released. In our pre-call, uh, and guys, we've had nothing but video and audio problems here, and so many gremlins in the Skype world that it's made it almost impossible to have this conversation. So Ella, you've already given me an hour and 15 minutes of your time today, and we're just now starting the interview, but the world was gripped by the release of the videos of your children on the internet. And we do sacrifice and eat the baby. What do you mean sacrifice and eat the baby? Is that true, Gabriel? Yes. And we dance with the skulls. You what? We dance with the skulls in the church. What skulls? Skulls of the baby. Pardon? Baby skulls. The skulls of the baby. You dance with the baby skulls? Yes. And who kills the baby? Papa, me, Elisa. Who kills the babies? Papa. And what, he gets you to help him? Yes. Yes. So he tells us to hold the hand with a knife, and then he holds his hand on, on our hand, so then he cuts the baby's head off. And then he 
and he tips it upside down and then he drains blood. Providing powerful video testimony, detailed information about their abusers, including names, including places, including birthmarks and distinguishing other characteristics like tattoos on private parts. We'd like you to tell us about the tattoos, please. Yes. You tell us in your own words, please. All the 20 special children have the t tattoos expect. Except? Except for, except for myself and my sister because my mum isn't a member of the cult. Okay. Anyone else have tattoos? Yes, the 20 special children all have tattoos. And also, and also all the teachers have tattoos. Mr. Mr. Benoni has tattoos all on his arms and Mr. Gorge also got tattoos on his arms and also they have it on the pussies, the privates. And? And also all the teachers have it, but not all parents. So all the teachers have tattoos yeah. on their privates, you say? Yeah. And what type of tattoos do they have on their privates? They are have these devil ta tattoos. Pardon, what type of tattoos? Devil and monster tattoos. On their privates? Yes. They all have them? Yes. All of the teachers in, in Christchurch Primary School yes. have devil tattoos on their yeah. private parts? Yeah. No, also monster ones. Yeah, devil is in the middle, but there's a monster ones, and also they have piercings. The world was gripped by the satanic ritual abuse testimony of your children, Elisa and Gabriel. And I just want the world to hear your story again in your own words, because no investigation by the police of the suspects named by your children was ever done. I know there's been no investigation, there's no, been no proper police statement taken from this woman because of the way she's been harassed. And to this day now, as we're having this conversation, you're not even sure where your children are. Guys, stay with us. We have some blockbuster information to share as we go through this story. Ella, where should we begin? It's um, the story is such a story. It's such a big story, and uh, it's got so many aspects to it. So I guess I would like to start from when children were really young. And um, I have to say, there were many instances that stuck in my consciousness and which was puzzled and um, these questions remained in my head um, unanswered for many years. I had, I had um, a lot of problems with the children's behavior. They were progressively violent, aggressive towards each other and um, I, I have um, I have uh, eldest son, and um, what I've ex been experiencing, you know, the tantrums, it was beyond any norm, I would say. And um, especially uh, prior to 2014, when children revealed the horrendous abuse they've been experiencing in the school. Um, for about year, maybe year and a half, two years, the situation was becoming worse and worse. And um, I was trying to address this uh, issue in many ways, not being aware of what children been going through in school. And of course, you never would think about the school because there father officially did not see them for all this time. It was me and the school 
I had no idea what was going on. And not just that, even the thought of this kind of uh, abuse of even the possibility would never even entered my, uh, my mind. I had been brought up in different culture, um, which um, we hardly even hear about the stories. We're not, uh, we're not aware of the pedophiles, of the um, children molestation. So I was blaming, uh, blaming it all on myself. Perhaps I wasn't a very good mother, or I was not maybe uh, attentive to my children enough, or something was 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 wrong. Was was really wrong with the children, and um, I was um, I, I I was. So I was attempting to deal with this problem in many ways. I went to uh, child psychologists, um, uh, positive parental courses, you name it. But there were some signs as well. Like, for example, um, I was suspecting that children were uh, sexually touching each other because two years prior to that, I caught them in the bathroom doing something, I didn't see what they'd been doing, but I started to suspect. A couple of days after this incident, I found little footage on my phone where Gabriel was um, filming Alisa without her panties. So, <clears throat> uh, and then it was a couple of, um, some sometimes later as well, I remember entering the room and there were just all of a sudden, like silence. This is something they were doing, something they were not supposed to do. Then, of course, they were they started to touch dogs' private, uh, private parts. And uh, when we met with uh, Abraham, um, he started he, he started to ask me certain questions, like whether we keep whether there are any secrets in the family. And uh, whether I'm, I'm I'm hitting them or beating beating my children, he asked children about the, whether they've been hurt. So he says he says to suspect certain things, but he was not really sharing what he was suspecting with me. So I was just guessing what he's on about, even though of course I knew there there is there is a problem with the children. Everybody who comes to my house after a while would notice that something not quite right and um i haven't i haven't witnessed that scene but once we went away for a few days uh, out of london for, for to the countryside and um, gabriel pulled alisa so hard he was almost smashed her he was pulling her by her hair and almost smashed her on the ground and uh, abraham and his friend witnessed that witnessed that and he told me now for me, because I was experiencing these incidents frequently, it wasn't a surprise for them, but it was, they were shocked. These two guys were shocked. There were other, other things as well, kind of like, uh, which were happening uh, just before, before the disclosure, before our trip to Morocco. I'm not going to kind of go into too much details, but there were interesting incidents with um, children's uh, friends, and uh, it was Gabriel's birthday just before that. Their father started to see children every two weeks. It was There were three contacts. Uh, he was allocated those contacts by, um, by the court. He went 
he relinquished his uh, uh, rights, his uh, all the contacts in 2011. I had full custody for Alice and Gabriel. So the whole smear campaign been based on the uh, on this uh, speculation that it was a custody battle. Well, no, I already had custody, full custody of my children. Uh, they were living with me the whole time, and uh, but these two years prior to these events in 2014, the father did not see the children, well, officially. So you live with your mum? Yes. And do you ever get to see your dad, do you? My my dad, Ricky. Ricky. Do you ever yes, get yes. to see him? Every yes, yes. Every two Saturdays, but actually, in fact, he lies to my mum, and he says that he just sees, he just sees us every two Saturdays. And do you That's see him every two Saturdays? Okay. So do you see him every two Saturdays? Nope. We see him every single day. Every single day? And how do you at do that? School, he comes to our school. Oh, does he? And what does he do at the school? He does does sex to us. He, he kills babies there. Right. We eat babies. We drink their blood. Okay. Because this is how we, we do it. So, like, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays is the, the most special, busiest days, special right. day. Right. Okay. But we know now. We now know that he's being attending school every day, and he was abusing children there, together with the the teachers, the headmistress, the social services, and um, whoever were coming to school. Wednesday is the most busiest day of sex, uh, and today it's Wednesday. And um, if I was right now in, uh, on Wednesday in school, they would have done lots and lots of sex to me. And, it, um, and Wednesday is the most sex day, and it's the most busiest day when we do sex. And so it was at this point that you realized, because of the testimony of Gabriel and Elisa, that uh, your former partner, Ricky Dearman, had been seeing the children at Christ Church Primary School, and the accusations are is that he was allegedly abusing the children along with staff at the school and some parents. And that's where the testimony of your children is so detailed and so shocking because they say things that little children, eight and nine-year-old kids, would not know. We'll, we'll start, we'll take it little bit by little bit. So you say your dad comes to your school every day. Yes. What does that mean? That means, so that means he comes like whenever we have school on Saturdays, yeah. he comes and sees us there. Whereabouts does he come and see you? My school, Christchurch Primary School. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's where that's where we that's um the area we live we live next to Christchurch Primary School. Yeah. Because we live in Five Patterson Road, and then after he comes to our school. Okay. So who drops you off at school in the morning? My mum. Do you get dropped off at school? Yes. When you get dropped off at school, what do you yes. do then? So then they check if the coast is clear, if my mum's not there or anything around the area. Okay. So they go, Mr Morris, the, the, the caretaker, yeah. he goes around the school, uh, school areas and checks if my mum is there or anything, like if the coast is clear. Right. And after, after they call my dad and say that everything's alright, um, my mum is not there, it's, it's very clear. How do you know that? Because that's because they got the number of my dad. And how do you know that? Because I heard them talking to my dad. That was exactly my own my, my da own dad's voice. Exactly. So where were you when you heard this caretaker speaking to your dad? Room, staff room. 
Why were you in the south room? Because that's where they do sex to me. That. Okay, so your dad told you, mm. him and the year four teacher yes. are BFFs. Yeah. Okay, and when did he tell you that? He told uh, when he was doing the sex to me, he does sex to me. What does that mean, sex? What do you mean? He touches me in a private, um, he... He, um, he touches me in a private room. He sticks a plastic willy yeah. in my bottom and it bleeds down. Okay. So, yes. So your dad does sex to you yes. and what that means is he touches your privates yes. and put a plastic willy in, my bottom. in your bottom. Yeah, a big fat one. Okay. So how do you know it's a plastic willy? Um, I, f I felt it before. What do you mean you felt it before? I felt the willy. He told he showed um he he let me felt the willy. Okay, so tell me what that looks like, this willy. It looks like a real willy, but, oh. um, but it's plastic. Okay. And what else can you tell me about it? Um I will tell there's an order of the willies. Of the plastic. There's an order of them. High up and low down. And what does that mean? So um brown is the lowest, it's the third. But then second is the golden colour of right. the skin, and then it's white. White is the highest. Okay. So how many plastic willies are there? And millions. He he buys them and he also makes them. He's, he he makes them in his shed. Can you describe how horrifying it was when you finally found out that this is what was going on? Well, we're gonna say it was uh, it was surreal. It was a shock beyond any words, but even though it was so shocking, it's um, it's all of a sudden my my dilemma with the children all of all of a sudden got lifted. I realize now that that's what it is. That's why children were behaving the way they were behaving. That's why they were coming out of school so much traumatized and so out of order. Um, that's why this, that's why that. Everything kind of like all pieces of the puzzle just got into clear picture now. And um, and of course, just hearing that their father was abusing them and he was doing that from their early age, from them, from when they were babies. And I know it's all true. Um, I remember Alisa once, we were, we were on holidays in France and I was preparing food or something and she started, we were, she started to cry. We, I took her out to the park and she was crying and crying and crying and I know nothing wrong with her, you know, she's been fat. She was just okay, you know, she had her food a little while ago, it's not a stomach problem and she was she was in such a distress and I just could not put my finger on it and um, then all of a sudden everything came as soon as you know when I when children started to talk when Abraham caught them touching I didn't tell first my um wow. Abraham found out how did he find out because me and my sister were touching each other my dad tells us to touch each other in the privates so you and and so did you tell him or did he guess, Abraham? Who? Did Abraham? T did you tell Abraham or did Abraham guess? He caught us. He was already suspecting that, and one morning he came to 
Alice's room, I think, or was Gabriel's room? I don't, I don't remember. Who, yeah, who, who was sleeping in that room? Mm-hmm. And she was next to her bed, and she p- quickly pulled her hand out of her, out of her uh, uh, from underneath the blanket. If she hasn't done it, he probably wouldn't, wouldn't uh, notice. And then he he said, "Well, you know, I know you guys been doing something, sexually touching each other. Who who done it to you?" Who touched you? So he's caught you and your sister doing things you shouldn't do. Yeah. Then he asked me, who taught you to do this? Um, who done this? And then we were, but then we told him it was a dad. And then... Okay. And then, um, um, but we were still really scared, really scared we were still. And then they disclosed it was their father and... Um, now, now he's calling me to the living room, and he's saying, "Well, there is something serious going on. You've got to hear that." And so he's asking children, you know, tell, tell, tell mom, tell mama what happened. And um, I just, I just couldn't believe it. Um, well, and this was just the beginning of your nightmare. Yeah. And this was just the beginning. It was of just the, the beginning because of the nightmare. Because this is the problem. Because yeah, that's right. Every day, every day after, well, after that. It was new information, and new information was coming up. Anything else you'd like to tell us about? Yes, and she Mark. got pierce rings. Pierce rings? Yeah. All over her privates. And, and she also got um, pierce rings on her, um, on her privates, on her lips. Yeah? Yes. Okay. And what abuse does she commit upon you? She sticks a willy on my bottom, she touches my private. she kicks my private. She rubs into the white things come out. She rubs it really nice. She flicks, she flicks it really hard, and then she also like um do that. What she do? And she like pushes it. Who does that? The headmistress? Yes, but really, really hard. And what willy does she stick in? And headmistress, she's a lady. She hasn't got a willy, has she? Yes, she does. A plastic. Oh, she has a plastic willy. Yes. And how does she attach it to herself? With like a, a band. Okay. Like a um, like a trousers band. Okay. Oh, right, a belt. And then, and then you're like, do you know, the shoes like this. Oh, it's Velcro. Like, yeah, it's like this. Oh, Velcro band. Yeah, like okay, that. well done. So it's time. Well done. And we now found. Then we found out it wasn't just him. It's his family. It's generational. They're generational Satanists. Then when he had children. When he was um, given given full Saturday every week for a whole year, and I was fighting to stop this contact because she was coming in a horrible distress condition with fever, throwing up, like really sick. Uh, I was thinking maybe he was giving them something to eat, something to gym to eat, but uh, now we know what it is. And at the time he was taking them to the another pedophile ring of uh, consisted of um, sadists. Really, they've been doing snuff movies there. They've been filming children, children being uh, sodomized, sadistically tortured. Um, Children were made to touch animals uh, in sexual way, and they've been forced to watch each other being raped. And then, um, then the next disclosure was about school, and we could see 
how they've been programmed as well to say certain things if uh, this information would ever come out. I remember once Elisa got so scared. He was, she was in hysterics. She said, they never exist, they never exist, they never exist. It never happened, it never exists. It was like a recorded, uh, recorded uh, like a like a uh, like a player, you know. And um, and then when it, then it's it's uh, it's gone to the story about the school and the teachers and dancing with the skulls and the shoes made out of uh, human skin. Is that true, Gabriel? Yes, and we dance with the skulls. You what? We dance with the skulls in the church. What skulls? Skulls baby. So your mum hasn't gone to the party. No. So what? But what? if we, but we are, were alone with our dad, so we could went to the party. We did. Okay, so that party. Yeah. And what time did the party finish? No, um, the party's for six hours. So the. From what time does it start then? It starts from the morning. I'm not sure which kind of uh, time in the morning. From the morning. It's like school time. Okay. Instead of lessons, instead of literacy, yeah. numeracy, yeah. science, we had a sex, party. party, and we ate babies. And my dad, um, he, he lied to my mum about being vegan. Okay, so you've had, is this party? Yeah. So where is the party held in the school? In the school, in the church, and school. It's in the church and the school? Yeah. So whereabouts in the church and whereabouts in the school? In the school, in the church, there's a bit, like um, seat, 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 and here's a little road, and there's a little big. Okay. It's um like one, two, like three stairs, like um, it's really big, mm. and then we dance there. Yeah. So you're dancing. What sort of? Da why was you dancing? What music were you listening to? We don't put music on, but we just dance. You just put, dance, okay. Yeah, we put all okay, kind so of music songs. Okay, so you're dancing, and who else was dancing? Many of the children? Everybody does. Okay. Everybody does the sex and... Right, and what is the sex? They, uh, they touch me in the privates, they tell me to lick the privates. Who says that? My dad's, the teachers, everybody's. Okay. So that's happened. And we didn't want to do that, but my dad made us do it, and he forced us. Okay. My, but my mum doesn't do it. No? Okay. But my family doesn't do it. Only my father does it. And it's all going in Hampstead. It's all, it's all industrialised. It's all, it's like a, it's like a conveyor. It's so many people involved. Um, they have parties. They teach, they taking children out of school to the private dwellings. There are certain people coming in the school at, on certain days, at certain hours. Well, what you're describing is systemic, institutionalized child abuse. And uh, the testimony, again, of Elisa and Gabriel is so haunting. And I want the audience to know that the children underwent medical exams after all of this information was shared. And the medical examiner found evidence on the children's bottoms, anal evidence of, uh, of scars and of abuse that completely backs up what the children said. And the children 
were talking in their testimony, Ella, as you know, about 20 other quote-unquote special children who have tattoos. We'd like you to tell us about the tattoos, please. Yes. You tell us in your own words, please. All the 20 special children have the t- tattoos except, except? Um, except, for, except for myself and my sister because my mom isn't a member of the cult and talking about the parents, some of the parents of these children involved in this satanic cult who have tattoos, specific tattoos, devil tattoos, and as Gabriel says, monster tattoos in addition to devil tattoos on or around their private parts. Anyone else have tattoos? Yes, the 20 special children all have tattoos. And also, and also all the teachers have tattoos. Mr. Benoni Mr. have tattoos all on his arms and Mr. Gorge also got tattoos on his arms and also they have it on the pussies, the privates. And? And also all the teachers have it, but not all parents. So all the teachers have tattoos yeah. on their privates, you say? Yeah. And what type of tattoos do they have on the private? They Are have these devil the ta- tattoos. Pardon, what type of tattoos? Devil and monster tattoos. On their private? Yes. Yeah. They all have them? Yes. Yeah. All of the teachers in in Christchurch Primary School yes. have devil tattoos on their yeah. private parts. Yeah. No, also monster ones. Yeah, devil is in the middle, but there's also monster ones, and also they have piercings. Now, any investigator worth his salt would be able to take the testimony and then do the investigation about the people named by your children and find out if they had those tattoos or if they do not. Step one. And instead, what we found is an all-too-willing mainstream media that wanted to demonize you, uh, like this article, which is so haunting that I want to share it with the audience. This article from the Daily Mail, police hunting runaway mother who tortured her two children into inventing fantasy claims about a satanic sex cult run by their father. And the whole court system was turned against you. The police, the whole apparatus was turned against you, Ella, and you were made the uh, villain in this story. And that's what's so haunting about it. I'd like to ask you uh, to comment on any of that, but I'd also like to ask you about your former partner, Ricky Dearman, uh, a fledgling actor. Does Ricky Dearman come from money? Because how else is he making ends meet? And how else do you explain the fact that the BBC rolled out the red carpet for him to give him a PR moment? And instead of asking him tough questions, they let him cry. He was comforted by the anchor. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. How do you explain any of that unless he's well connected? Why don't you comment on anything I've said about how the whole apparatus was turned against you? Right. Um... Well, it seems like uh, the whole system is 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 a, is a huge underground business, and uh, Hampstead case is also. We know that it's connected to to the money laundering as well. It was big investigation. I forgot now. I can I can provide you with the links um, if I can find it, but. Uh, uh, there are two invest- serious investigators. Investigators they found this um, something 30, 38,000 shelf companies, which are to do with money laundering on Fincher Road, which is also in Hampstead, and uh, some names 
are the same. Uh, well, the, the the names from this cult, some parents from this cult are connected to this uh, money laundering operation. Now, <clears throat> so my point is, it's a, it's a huge business and. Uh, the uh, all these child protection organizations, all these hotlines, and uh, whatever governmental organizations, they are set up to filter the victims, to catch the victims, and to make sure that their voices uh, are never be, are never to be heard. It's the whole system is set up to to cover this uh, these atrocities from from the beginning. That's why we've got units in in um, police stations that are supposed to deal with child abuse, they're there to cover up, like we experienced in uh, with Steve Martin and uh, Fernandez, Dr. Fernandez, we call him, who's, uh, who's uh, uh, perverted the courts of justice and uh, lied in the Greece report saying that, oh, uh, Dr. Holtz is incorrect. It's actually this car has been caused by the sordid pool. And um, in regards to children's father, he he's coming from um, uh, the family of minors, so really like uh, total poverty. Uh, I've been to their house. It's, uh, it's kind of uh, his sister used to live in council flat and uh, people, they don't, they don't have much money at all. And uh, what is the kind of the background I, that I started to learn when all these details, when, I, when I've learned it, I started to back, back, back off from this relationship because it was obviously something, something not quite right there. He's, uh, he's, um, he was either spotted by someone or he's got involved in uh, modeling business and I would sus I suspect uh, pornography business as well. He was an actor, most likely in pornography, and he was doing uh, he was doing some. Um, uh, well, this is he admitted he was doing some uh, male striptease. So he was uh, in one of uh, famous group at this time, which was traveling around north of England. And uh, he's you can see here he's 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 incredibly hungry for money, and I would imagine he's uh, he was prepared to do anything to. You know, to 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 become well, he wanted to become a famous art, uh, actor, as we know. He was telling me when we were dating, and there, this short uh, period of relationship uh, while it was going on, he was telling me he's doing some uh, business online, selling some health products, and I also got involved. And uh, uh, looks like there was something being sold, but. The amount of time he was working on that, he was he was living nearby. Um, that it was a bit strange that you know there is there was not much progress in that business, and it's only afterwards I found you know I learned that you know he was involved in child pornography and um, and snuff movies, but some things were alarming. Like for example, he was mentioning some um, underground um, internet network inter uh, network what is called like um, for, uh, yeah the underground uh, web isn't it and uh, some sites where it's quite strict you know you have to like uh, there's some some file sharing he's he was saying that it was there was some they were sharing some courses some expensive courses 
but I suspect it's it's uh, the groups and websites to do with uh, pedophilia, pedophile exchange yeah. information. Yeah, pedophilia. Right, that's right. When we were witnessing how the whole thing being covered up, and well, children initially children been taken away from me on the pretext that I wasn't capable to protect them in school, right? But then from the documents we found out that the headmistress. Uh, Kate Forsdyke, who was mentioned um, as one of the cult leader, leaders, well, uh, as a cult leader and one of the main perpetrators, was invited to, to the strategy meeting on the 8th and 9th of September. Children were taken, uh, the first first children of uh, police interview was on the 5th, right? So we're talking, talking literally a few days after this, um, after their first disclosure to the police. Well, let me let me and, jump in. Uh, let me jump in because this is important. What you're saying is that Kate Forsyth, the head of the school, who the children named specifically as being involved in this abuse, and who the children cited specifically as having markings on her body near her private parts, things that children couldn't possibly know. And so it would have been very easy for the police to investigate those claims, but the police didn't do that. Instead, they partnered with this woman and plotted to take your children from you. Why did the police partner with the headmistress of Christchurch Primary as opposed to investigate her? Well, they didn't plan to investigate, did they? Um, it's uh, they were planning to 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 silence the children and planning to to uh, were. Finding the way how to do that, and um, and this whole thing with the uh, involvement of the of the doctor that was um, that was kind of they were following following some procedure, but really it was a theater. They they were really not knew what they were doing, and um, uh, so what can I say? I mean, I, and I saw the same thing going on in the court. I saw this uh, going on, uh, like even uh, legal representatives, uh, the lawyers who were supposed to represent me. Uh, I, I figured out very quickly they were not representing my my interests. They were again working against me. It was obvious, and uh, the whole thing in the court, uh, the way they were, they they suspended my contacts very quickly under silly pretexts. Uh, well, in fact, actually, as, um, I remember Lisa asked to go home and um, we were discussing to uh, writing letter to the judge. And that's it. You know, the, the woman, the social worker almost jumped when she heard that. And uh, that's it. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen Alisa uh, and Gabriel since. Folks, can you imagine your children being victimized by their father? You find out that they're being sexually abused, not only by the father, but potentially by people at the school. You find out that not only are they being abused, they've been part of satanic rituals where they have witnessed the sacrifice of babies, where they allege that they have been sodomized by the people that are charged with their care during the school day. And you as the mother go to the authorities, and the authorities, instead of helping you and doing a proper investigation, demonize you and take your children and give them to the father. Ella, before we talk about the whereabouts of your children now, and I think where that leads us will absolutely shock people to their core, I want to just ask you about the judge in this case, again from this Daily Mail article, and I quote, In a damning 22-page judgment, High Court Judge Mrs. Justice Palfley ruled that the children had been tortured and brainwashed 
by Draper and Christie. So the court took all of this information, and without any real investigation by the police, the court demonized you and Abraham as being the bad guys, that you just made this all up. And my question, not only do I not believe that for one second, Ella, but my question is, why on earth would you ever do that? What have you gotten out of any of this, aside from being demonized in the UK media and having your children snatched? What could the upside be that you would have brainwashed your children into making up those detailed stories? What's in it for you to have made any of this up? Uh, what well, could it be there for me, you know? Uh, we, we met, all of us, all four of us, we made the decision to come to the UK in order to put a stop to it. We had no idea that that system is that corrupt and everybody's involved. And... Um, we can we witness now how we've been sideboarded by all this you know child protection organization all of them MPs you name it and um, it's, uh, it's a tragedy in 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 my life in in the life of my family you know everybody are incredibly concerned uh, about children's whereabouts about their well-being my parental rights were removed uh, we can't anything from social services it's, uh, it's a crazy situation to be in I still I still, I still can't believe being in this situation and um, mm. I can't believe what happened to the children it's, uh, it seems to be so so unreal and um, and coming back to to this whole thing what happened in court and to the corrupt judge I mean, uh, she she covered she covered all the evidence. They had, to begin with, this this case was never never a matter for the family court. It's a criminal case. It's obvious. And if even if we coach the children, why they don't charge us for that? Why they never been, why why we were not interviewed? Why we not never been arrested or from the beginning we never been in question about it? I'll answer that. Do you know why? They won't charge you. They do not want a court case because you would have right of discovery, exactly. and you could call those suspects or witnesses in this case that your children named in the video testimony. You could inspect these people. You could cross-examine these people. They do not want this in the courts. And what's so absolutely horrific and disgusting about your case, the Hampstead cover-up, is that for those of us who are awake and know about Jimmy Savile's crimes, for decades, the elite covered up his crimes. He was friends with Prince Charles. He was knighted by the Queen. Prince Charles wanted him to be the godfather to Prince Charles' own sons. Jimmy Savile was a known pedophile and a necrophiliac. And it's widely recognized now that he was trafficking children to the elite in London. So your story coincides very much with the Jimmy Savile story. And by the way, any of the Jimmy Savile victims that came forward while he was alive were demonized and called liars and were discredited immediately by the same mainstream mockingbird media that has done this hit piece against you. So that's why they don't want a court case, because they don't want any of this stuff on the record and they sure as heck don't want cross-examination of any of these suspects, Ella. They don't want this in criminal court, absolutely, absolutely. And um, but then, nevertheless, they from 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 the start, the police already and uh, social services uh, social services started to question my mental health. health. They were they were trying to force they were trying to force me to um, do the psychiatric uh, assessment. You know, I don't have any 
any any mental problems in my in my history or in the history of my family. And uh, the human is exactly the same. Looks like it's the same thing for them as uh, Jimmy Savile. You know, child trafficker, uh, child pornographer, snuff movie maker, uh, money launderer. So that's why he's been covered. That's he's been. That's why he's been given prime time uh, on BBC News. And we we saw what a joke that was. Ted said um, that we're killing babies. I was shipping them in, and uh, we was cooking. Uh, we were, they, they were um, they were showing with their hand movements how I would get their hand on the on the knives, and we would cut the baby's neck, drain the blood, and then drink the blood. And um, I mean, just it's just horrific upon horrific uh, detail. Okay, folks, so as we wrap this conversation up with Ella, who desperately needs your help, and we're going to talk about her Indiegogo page here at the end of the call, if you'd like to help Ella raise enough money to try to find her kids. Uh, by the way, her life has been destroyed economically uh, in so many ways. Her life has been destroyed by these vampires, these vampiric people in London that have made her the target and made her the villain. Uh, but as we round out this conversation, Ella, I want to talk about the whereabouts of your children now. Now, I think it's fair to say that you don't know exactly where they are, but there is a shocking piece of information that we want to share with the audience about your suspicions. And I guess for my audience that is very well informed about so many of these esoteric issues, including false flag acts of terror, including satanic ritual abuse, Tavistock Institute-style brainwashing, CIA intelligence agency, MK Ultra programming. Uh, I have a very well-informed audience, and many in the audience may recall the Super Bowl in which the Sandy Hook children appeared, which many researchers believe are exactly the same Sandy Hook children that were said to have died at Sandy Hook Elementary. You can look at those videos yourself, guys, make the call, but I can tell you this, Super Bowl officials would not release the identity of the children that performed at that particular Super Bowl. So lots of questions about who those kids were. Ella, as it relates to Elisa and Gabriel, can you please tell us about the recent Audi Super Bowl spot, the voiceover for which was provided by George Clooney? And I want to credit a YouTube channel, Geronism, for having brought this to my attention and to even be able to ask you about it. But please tell us about the Audi Super Bowl spot called My Daughter. What do I tell my daughter? Yeah, uh, back about three weeks ago, someone on YouTube um, comments uh, on one of the, uh, our videos uh, dropped me a line saying that, uh, is it Alisa in the Super Bowl? And uh, I was shocked because it is Alisa and it is Gabriel. And um, it's 100% my children. I, can, I, I know them, the, way they, the way they move, the way they smile, all their all kind of profiles, everything, you know. Uh, my mom confirmed it 100%. Uh, our daddy confirmed that. So it's our children. And so you can take a look here. I did put that picture next to it. Again, we don't have a lot of pictures of Lisa, and all these were taken, uh, you know, two and a half years ago. So she would have grown up two and a half years. Uh, I see markings in the teeth that look identical. And then I overlaid this, her mouth and nose, uh, over the top of the image of the girl that's riding the go-kart. 
And it certainly looks like it to me that they are parading these children around at Super Bowl as if there's some sort of trophy. Uh, so I did have a question about uh, about Alisa's um, color, uh, eyes color. I thought it was a bit dark, but they could have um, put lenses in in her eyes, like brown lenses or something. Uh, but then you know, Demon, he's um, he's running so many uh, sock puppet accounts on the YouTube channel in in the comments in the comments area, trying to. Um, manage and manipulate your, uh, people's perception and uh, not the narrative of the story and um, and he can't really keep his mouth uh, his uh, his mouth shut he's he's actually uh, mentioned himself somewhere well, on the other uh, fake account saying oh you know how about how about children's eyes children's eyes i mean he's saying it's 100 percent but the uh she's got dark eyes there so you know he's being it up all all himself and um but i would i, I, I would say that the last shot when uh the girl is walking towards the car I believe that they replaced um, Alisa with uh, with another much older girl. The girl there is much older, maybe 13, 13 12, 13, 14 years old, and it's definitely not her. It's not her walk. It's, it's not her. It's not Alisa at the end. But um, but yes, these are my children, and we don't know whether is their father now started to advertise them and sell them to the entertainment elite using children's so-called fame, you know, of the notorious Hampstead cover-up, or whether the year is being done um, by this organized network to just to, to, to show that they can get away with anything, you know? Yeah, and let me jump in because, you know, we're having some audio difficulties. Some of your words aren't coming through 100% clearly there. So I want to ask you, you mentioned a sock puppet account. Let's just flush that out. I'm not sure if you're talking about their father, Ricky Dearman, uh, or just let's flush that out in a second. But I just want to say this. This Audi Super Bowl spot starts with the voiceover from George Clooney, and it starts with these words, quote, What do I tell my daughter? That grandpa is worth more than grandma? that her dad is worth more than her mom, end quote. Ella, uh, my friend Sophia Smallstorm pointed out that second line to me, that her dad is worth more than her mom. It seems in the case of the Hampstead cover-up, the dad is worth more than the mom. Your testimony was discounted. You were villainized. He was brought on BBC. He was given the red carpet treatment. He's the great guy. You're the demon. So if that is your daughter, Elisa, in the spot, and you also believe Gabriel is in that spot, if your children are in that spot, not only is it a message to the world that these people can do whatever they want, it's a message to you that dad is worth more than mom. And no matter what mom says, no matter how hard mom tries to come to the defense of her children, when it comes to satanic ritual abuse, the abusers win. Yeah, well, I believe that, that has to stop. That has to stop. That has to stop. In regards to Alice and Gabriel, it has to stop with all... Uh, to, to, it, it, in regards to all the children who are trapped in it. And uh, it's going on everywhere, it's going on, it's happening to so many uh, children. You know, that in their school, there's 20 special families. It's actually more than 20 children because uh, those families have more than, than one child, maybe two, three children for, per family. These children are trapped. They don't want to be in it. Alisa told me that uh, her friend, she came to my house, they wanted to tell 
but then they got scared. They were threatened, were threatened that their whole, their entire family would be killed. Their mom would be killed. Their grandparents would be killed if they would say, if they would say anything. So the the girls got scared. They never said anything. And I knew. I felt it. I mean, the girl was like looking into my eyes, like she wanted to say to say something. And obviously, they knew. You know, I'm not part of it. I wasn't even receiving my own, um, a special a special newsletter from school saying that. Uh, uh, parents are not allowed at the disco, at the disco party. You see, where uh, uh, where children saying that you know, oh, parents they they did come to the to the disco party and they've been doing they've been doing whatever they've been doing to the children there. So yeah, no, it it is the message and it is their arrogancy putting it to put to put your children in this uh, in this um. Uh, Edward, especially we know that um, uh, Super Bowl event is the biggest uh, human trafficking event in the U.S. So we've got, we know, we know what's going on. I think it's time for people to stop it. It's only very small percentage of people who are doing this. And um, how ca how can we live? How can we live peacefully and uh, and happily where 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 this 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 going on to our children where our children are not protected? Right. I mean, we're not protected. No, nope, that's right. The whole system is built to demonize truth tellers and to prop up the actual demons themselves. And in this country, Pizzagate and Pedogate, Pizzagate specifically, has woken up everybody to this Pedogate problem, which is the international problem of child trafficking, child sexual abuse, uh, and satanic ritual abuse. And uh, I can tell you this, Ella, as choppy as our audio has been, I think the world's reaction to this interview is going to be nothing but positive for you in terms of getting the truth out and raising money to help find your children. So uh, final word here, I want to talk about your Indiegogo account. I believe it's at generosity.com. Uh, so we'll talk about that. I also want to point people to the excellent website, Hampstead Coverup and Free the Hampstead 2. Okay, so... Uh, this is the name of the campaign. Mm -hmm. Yes, free the Hampstead 2, free Elisa and Gabriel. Guys, that's at generosity.com. Free the Hampstead 2, free Elisa and Gabriel. Ella Draper is the organizer. She's had her children taken from her by people that are satanically, ritually abusing them. Ella, final word from you about your generosity uh, by Indiegogo page or uh, tell us about your websites, anything else you want to tell us. Well, um, I'm here. I'm available. I'm fighting for my children. If um, I, you know, of course, I'll be I'll, I'll be uh, deeply grateful for any uh, any support, uh, both on um, uh, generosity and Patreon as well. If uh, Patreon is kind of for ongoing help, if if if, if someone feels like it, but also there are other uh, incentives that and in some some. Other actions that people can take, and uh, uh, of course, you know, I'm. Uh, I would like to express my deepest gratitude to uh, to so many people who already um, been supporting Alisa and Gabriel, uh, disseminating the information, uh, creating Facebook pay uh, groups and pages and uh, websites, blogs, articles, videos. The support already been incredible. 
but we've got to get it out to the um, to the general public because the as 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 we as we saw as we know uh, mainstream media is all controlled so we've got to find the ways to to get it out to the uh, general public by whatever means we have and um and to find alisa Geb and gabriel and uh, whoever have any ideas please contact me via those websites hamstedcoverup.com and freethehamster2.com and uh, i'm here very good. Yeah, and uh, we've got the children back. We've got, we've got to return on this and St. Gabriel. We've got to stop that. Well, you've definitely found the right audience here uh, with me and my YouTube channel and sgtreport.com. We're dedicated to truth. We're dedicated to those who tell the truth. And our heart really goes out to you, Ella. I've always wanted to reach out to you. I never even thought I could contact you. So again, my hat's off to Jaronism for even bringing me the idea that I could actually reach out to you and get a hold of you. And you were kind enough to come on here today. And I can guarantee you that others in the truth media in the United States will now want to be talking to you as well. So with your permission, I will give those folks your contact information. And we'll be hearing a lot more from you in the future. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it and um, your time, your efforts to get it out and um, and everybody who, follow, who are following you and um, people who are willing to support us. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you so much. God bless you. We love you. We're rooting for you. We're going to follow this story. If you need to get a hold of me again, you can come on anytime. And guys, please check out Generosity by Indiegogo and search for Free the Hampstead 2. That's Ella Draper's page. You can donate there or you can find her on Patreon. Guys, our guest has been Ella Draper. She's been through hell. She's still being dragged through hell. Ella, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in. For real news, 24-7 at sgtreport.com. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to thank you guys for listening to that entire interview. I had to feature it. I felt like it was extremely important because this is this is happening. I feel like a lot of times we just get buried in Netflix, we get buried in sports, we get buried in social media. And I think we're missing the big picture here of what's actually happening in our world and the domino effect of certain things that are happening affecting other things. How is it that the case against Prince Andrew was dropped? Money. Prince Andrew in connection with prolific pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell. If people aren't willing to just stand up for justice against these children that are being abused, it's over. Why would God protect that kind of world? Think about it. They're covering this stuff up left and right. There is no justice. So. I felt like this interview was extremely important to share because it gives you insight as to what kind of world you live in. And I know a lot of people that are like, I just don't want to know about it. I just don't want to know. I just don't want to, I don't want to know. I didn't want to know about having to pay bills. I didn't want to know about uh, having to grow up, move out of the house and survive in a world where we're constantly being gaslit by the politicians that run our societies. I don't want to know about that. But the reality is, that's what's happening. So, I want to I want to thank you guys for listening. If you made it all the way through that interview, I, 
I mean, shit. It's ridiculous. It's so intense. Special thanks to Band.Video, Greg Reese, The American Journal, SGT Report, with Ella Draper, all of our listeners here at ETC. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please reach out to us at ExitTheCult at ProtonMail.com or visit ExitTheCult.com. As always, be sure to check out the description for show notes and links to articles and videos featured in the episode. And you know the drill. Have a killer weekend and don't be a killer! If you have an interesting story or information you'd like to share with our listeners, send us an email at exitthecult at protonmail.com. Please help support the show by becoming an Exit the Cult member over on our Patreon page for exclusive content and bonus episodes. Visit exitthecult.com for details. Tune in to new episodes on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>